Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Had a had a relatively good week and some exciting stuff to talk about today. Uh, what you've been playing in the last week or so? Oh, I forgot to mention it last week, but that was mostly because I just gotten into it. Um, I picked up a Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. Ah. And I forgot how much I enjoyed that game. I also forgot how bad I am at that game, but <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know if it's just like the muscle memory or what, but it's Could be. Um, maybe. Yeah, but I mean the the soundtrack is amazing as it was back in the day. A um, lot of songs getting added. Uh, something I've been seeing a lot of, you know, from people that are talking about it. It's like, oh, I heard this song. It was amazing. Now I have new artists that I can listen to. Uh, I do like that they uh, added new skaters in addition to the classic ones. So you've got, you know, the Tony Hawks, the Buddy Lassics, uh, people like that. And then you got new skaters that people that are your age, if, you know, if you were like really into the skateboard culture would recognize. I didn't, but it's cool that they kept the old school roster and then uh, added new people into it. Uh, probably my favorite feature is that the stats, because when you when you skate, you go through and you get uh, stat points to increase your ability. And those transfer between the different modes, between Tony Hawk 1, Tony Hawk 2, and then the third game mode that there is. So you don't have to spend a lot of time getting stats in Tony Hawk 1, only just like, oh, I want to try this course in Tony Hawk 2, and then all your stats are gone. That's a really small thing, but that really made it... Uh, a lot easier and a lot more accessible to play that you didn't have to regrind all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so you're, enjoy- you're enjoying it overall? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good. Uh, it's a good game. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I haven't got around to it myself. It's on my uh, boomerang list. Um, so we're gonna get that sent eventually. But I'm in the middle of two other games, which I would guess I uh, have. You been playing anything else? Uh, I mean, I've been bouncing around a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, put a little bit more time into, uh, um, Twin Breaker? No, not Twin Breaker, it's the, the one where they shrink you down to size, Grounded? Grounded, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it is in early access, and there's just not a lot to do outside of, you know, just futzing around, building stuff, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's one of those games that I'll play for like 10, 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. And then I'll wait like two, three weeks for the next patch to see what they've added. And they are adding stuff. It's just, it's slow going. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in that one as well. Uh, but all in good time. So um, I played Crash Bandicoot 4 this week because the demo came out for those that have pre-ordered it. Uh, now we do just want to back that up and say I do think it's wrong that you have to pre-order the game. Uh, in order to get access to the demo, the demo should be free. Uh, so just want to make that clear. I'm not like siding with Activision or being a fanboy or anything. Just before you know, anyone wants to write in and, and accuse me of that. Uh, I don't think it's right what they've done with. Uh, I think it's great that they've got a demo, but just I think the demo should be free for the public, which it's not. So uh, to be fair, most games are like that, to where you have to pre-order it to get a demo key. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Um, but uh, been playing the game, really, really like it. I really, really like what they've done with it. Uh, I have um, recorded three Let's Play Sunday episodes because there is three levels, so I thought I'd do one video on each. Those will be coming out within the next, well, every, you know, first, second, and then the third Sunday coming up. Uh, they are obviously available on YouTube, so you can watch them early, I guess, 
if you want to call it early. Um, basically, I upload the videos to YouTube and then I schedule them to come out, you know, on Sundays because they're Let's Play Sunday videos. So that's how that works. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really enjoying what they've done. Um, like I've said during a lot of the different gameplay and trailers and everything. This is really getting back to the soul of what Crash Bandicoot is and recognising what the character is like and also getting back to... This is a really, really good mixture of very much feeling like a classic Crash Bandicoot but adding in new ideas because it's got like, you know, you've got the new masks, you've got uh, Crash himself who functions a little bit differently. Um... And all that sort of thing. You've still got like the classic level design. You've still got for the most part the sort of classic way that the boxes work. And the Wampa Fruit and stuff. Um, with some new boxes that I think are quite interesting. And uh, some other things that are going on with that. So I really really like what they've what they've done so far. Um, I'm very impressed with the game. I'm not very good at it at the moment. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit getting used to admittedly to... There's this, this just a slight difference in how Crash feels to actually use, you know, play, play as the character or whatever. Um, it is slightly different. Uh, one of the more notable things is you don't have to press the run button, or if you press R2 it doesn't actually do anything. Um, and you just sort of, you basically, if you look at the, the original Crash trilogy and you look at, okay, when Crash is moving normally and then running, he sort of runs at like a speed that's slightly in the in the middle of that kind of thing so he's sort of he's not like sprinting in the way that he used to but he's still very much running at a good pace um but obviously you can if you need to slow if you need to kind of gradually walk around different boxes or be really careful you can still kind of control him in in that way if that makes sense so um yeah that's that's one of the big kind of changes he also does kind of float a little bit which i'm not quite so used to i do think it all works very well it's just the case of because you know obviously i played the original three crash games and it's just the case of getting used to how different he kind of feels to to, to play as and, and that sort of thing but overall I'm, I'm very very happy with it the game launches in just under two weeks or so second of october um i'm gonna try to um get the get all the wampa fruit in in the three levels uh in whatever way i can um they did add the uh, cortex playable level which is the I can't remember the name of it, but it's the third one that's on the uh, the demo, and he plays a lot differently to Crash, but I kind of quick, quickly got used to him. Um, his is sort of more gadget-focused, if that makes sense, like, because he's got this ray gun, and it can do, like, lots of different things. You can basically turn enemies into um, platforms, and then if you shoot them again, it makes them into, like, a bouncy kind of platform, so if, so if you need to jump somewhere... Um, and uh, you kind of need, you actually need to alternate between the two of them uh, in order to navigate certain levels. He's also got this sort of like, you can jump and then sort of shift to the side or like sort of shift really fast with him. Uh, and that works quite well. So I'm uh, overall just really, really happy with it. So uh, that's been really good. Uh, before that came out, I jumped back to Last of Us Part 2 continuing my new game plus. I'm just having such a good time with it. I really, really am. And uh, it, it's just... Uh, the more time I spend with Last of Us 2, the more I enjoy it. So literally every time I turn the, the game on and go to play it, I'm just appreciating it more and more. And uh, with me kind of taking my time a little bit more with the new game plus, because I'm trying to look for, you know, all the collectibles. And I'm, I, I am trying to platinum the game. 
and that's also requiring me to look around a lot of different areas. There's quite a few different areas that I either knew about before and went to, or just completely new areas that I found. And there's like new, new, um, well not new. Uh, there's little like challenges that I um, have found this time that I didn't know were even there before, um, and uh, just a bunch of different bits and pieces. So I really like how it's laid out. With it's not like uh, I, I sort of said this on Geek Town earlier this week. Um, it's not like the Witcher open world, but it's sort of like you very much got a linear path. You do have one destination to go to, but the area is a little bit more open and you can kind of explore a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just having such a good time with it. Uh, put it on a little bit of a pause again, obviously, to play the Crash demo, but once I'm kind of done with that, um, I'll go back to Last of Us and then jump to Crash on 2nd of October. So I have a lot to play at the moment, I suppose. Um, but uh yeah really really good stuff so any thoughts on lost of us or crash or anything anything that you've seen uh well i knew you would love the crash because i mean even though you are a bit of a fanboy you're also an honest person in that if it sucked you would say that it sucked we're we're yeah. both pretty similar like that i did hear you on geek down so i knew that you were loving last of us part two so and i've always said if it's something that you love and you get more of it that's never a bad thing yeah, yeah. uh i I may eventually play that game. Like I've said before, it's not that I hated the game. It was just it didn't click with me the way that it's obviously clicking with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not of an imperative to do it. Um, I might pick up Squadron. That comes out next Friday. I'm kind of on the fence on that if I want to get that or not. But we did get a uh, new uh, story trailer called Hunt or something like that. And it showed a, a rebel, um, an imperial pilot, and just a, so it's looking like it's going to be a very story-heavy focus for the single player. So that's leaning me more towards uh, getting it, but it's still, I'm still kind of on the fence on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I did read. I can't remember if I already knew this or if I'd forgotten or what the situation was, but you can play uh, squadrons in uh, VR, which is more appealing to me. So uh, I might just check it out just because I can play it in VR. So, uh, but again, that comes out on the same day as Crash, I think, October second. So uh, I think we know which one I'm going to be playing on that day. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'll get to uh, Squadrons eventually. But in terms of Last of Us Two, this this really isn't just a game I'm enjoying. I'm really having kind of a special experience with it. And uh, I, I've got a I've got a particular podcast in mind that I'm going to do. I don't know when I'm going to do it. I'm going to sort of take my time with it a little bit. Uh, there's no need to sort of rush for me to get that out or whatever. Uh, but I definitely want to talk about um, yeah how deep that kind of experience goes and uh, what that game has kind of done for me. So, uh, but look out for that at some point in the future. I don't know when I'm recording that. It will. It very much likely won't be this week. It'll either be next week or or sometime soon. So have a look out for that. Uh, but yeah, sounds like we've both been enjoying what, what we've been playing, which is very, very good as well. Uh, speaking of what we've been playing, let's get into what we've been podcasting on in the housekeeping section. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. And creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. Uh, 
I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, another episode came out yesterday, of course, for the Becoming Heisenberg podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. Uh, they're all scheduled, the first, the podcast for the first season and episode two already has come out because time just flies sometimes. Um, but if you're interested in that, if you have seen Breaking Bad and you want to get our more in-depth thoughts on it week to week, episode per episode, or if you haven't seen Breaking Bad before, um, I'd very much recommend that you do so. It's on AMC in the US and it's on Netflix in the UK. I think it might be, I think it's only on AMC in the US. So uh, have a look out for that. But uh, the Becoming Heisenberg, po- Becoming Heisenberg sorry, podcast for Breaking Bad, um, we're up to episode two so far. And look out for episode three podcast on Wednesday next week. Uh, what else we got? Did a little sort of, I didn't call it a season preview necessarily, but uh, Man United's Premier League campaign or Premier League season does start on Saturday at Crystal Palace. And I basically did a podcast called Eight Reasons to be Nervous and Three Reasons to be Excited for the upcoming 20-21 to 21 season. So yes, Eight Reasons to be Nervous and Three Reasons to be Excited, which is a bit imbalanced, but you'll understand why if you listen to that and all the different reasons as to... What's going on at the moment? So uh, if you're interested in that, I will, of course, be doing podcasts on the upcoming season when it starts on Saturday. So have a look out for those for the upcoming season as well for that. Um, Barry returned to Entertainment Talk last week and we did a podcast um, for the top five best PlayStation 1 games. And I really, really enjoyed doing that with him. That was that was quite fun. We're planning at some point in the future to do one for the PlayStation 2 and then PlayStation 3, and then once all the PS4 games have come out and whatever, and the PS4 is all said and done, we'll obviously do one for the PS4 eventually, but all in good time with that. But if you want to know what our top 5 best um, PlayStation 1 games, you can probably guess what my number 1 is. Um, if you want to know that, you can listen to that podcast as well. 
So there's that. Uh, let's play Sundays for the Marvel Avengers game. That's the second and last Let's Play for the Avengers. And there will not be any more Let's Plays for that for obvious reasons. So you can watch me play that game if you want to. Uh, the Boys, which is currently continuing its second season. We're over halfway through the season already. Episode 5 will be tomorrow. So last week's Season 2, Episode 4. Um, I did the podcast on that and you can listen to my coverage so far of The Boys on Amazon Prime uh, for Season 2, the Diabolical 7 podcast so you can look out for that um we did a couple of reviews last week did a skip review for ghost of tsushima you you gave it a don't skip i gave it a skip but we both gave our reasons uh so for sony's and sucker punches ghost of tsushima that's a full review so you can also listen to the uh, start which is the spoiler free section as well uh new mutants has actually been released it is a real film and you can go and see it in certain places uh i gave it a don't skip review robert was kind of middle also on it uh, but i really enjoyed it so you can listen to again our full review on that with a spoiler free section at the start uh, and that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's talk about some next gen stuff in the news section see you for that in a minute So we got some exciting stuff to talk about today. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the just just the overall news we've got for the pricing and release dates. So Xbox Series X, which I believe was revealed in between last week's podcast and this week's podcast, that the price and the date because we did talk about the Series S last week, but the uh, Series X information was released afterwards. So the Xbox Series X, which is the more powerful or the better version of the Series X or of the series the, the new gen consoles is launching November 10th, 2020, $500, and the Series S, which we talked about last week, is going to be $300 on the same day. PlayStation 5 last night revealed that the PlayStation 5 itself is going to be launching November 12th, sorry, November 12th, in America, Canada, and there's some other countries as well, and then November 19th for elsewhere. It just sort of said the rest of the world, which is also $500, the same price as the Series X. They also revealed that the all-digital version, so the pretty much the PlayStation 5 exactly, but just with no disk drive, is going to be $400, which will be released on the same same places, same dates, all that sort of thing. Uh, what do you think, now that we know of all the prices and dates and all that information? How do you feel? Uh, well, the... The 500 for the Series X, that's not really a shock. A lot of people mm. called that. I know that when we did our last, one of our big podcasts, where it was us and everybody from Geek Town, we talked about the pricing, and I'm pretty yeah. sure I called 500 then. Uh, but then again, a lot of people were, so that doesn't exactly make me Nostradamus. <laughs> um, the, with the PlayStation 1, I don't know that it's exactly like the PS5 with the drive because they haven't technically released those specs yet, so we don't know how much of a downgrade it's going to be. Um, the really thing, the thing is, is that I think part of the reason why Microsoft went ahead and released all that information early is they've been waiting long time to to release this information, and they pretty much knew what their price was anyway, mm. but they wanted to kind of force Microsoft, I think, 
into uh, holding off as long as possible to keep them from undercutting. Because if you go back to previous launch titles, obviously not with the PS3, because that was kind of an aberration, but with other uh, Sony systems, whenever a new one was coming out, they would just wait for their competitors to release a price, and then they would undercut it. But they really couldn't do that with this generation because their production costs were so high. Mm. Now, granted, this was about nine months ago, but if you remember, we talked about it and how the production cost of the PS5 was at about $460. It wasn't exactly that, but it was pretty close to that, which is massive. That is a massive cost. And that's not even getting it to market. That's just straight up building the core components. That doesn't count like the controllers and any kind of testing they have to do or any kind of money they spend on marketing, things like that. So even at 500 matching um, uh, Xbox's price, they're still taking a bath on that. They are eating costs like you would not believe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, this is pretty standard. I thought both of them, it's both, both of the more powerful consoles that the Series X and the PS5, I thought that they, I thought they would also be... Five hundred dollars. That wasn't too much of a shock. Um, I thought the you know the digital version of the PS Five would either be like four hundred or four fifty or something along the lines of that. Um, so I do think it's fair to say though the Series S is out of these four consoles the the weakest one. It doesn't it, even if um, the digital version of the PS Five is weaker, it doesn't seem to be that much weaker at least from the what we have heard of it so far it, it seems to be very much just still a playstation 5 just without a uh a disc drive um so it's it, it's lining up fairly simple to me you know that the the weakest console here the series s uh being the cheapest and then the two big ones being you know the same price and then the all digital ps5 just being uh, but in between the the price of the of the big consoles and then the the series S, so it'll it'll pretty much make sense to me. So, uh, in terms of release date, it didn't matter to me if it was you know November first or November thirty first. It it really didn't matter. It, I we could pretty much guess that it was going to be November. So it was just it was just a case of like you know we're two months away we're into the second half now of september and you know october and then november so we're only we're less than um we're about two months away from these consoles anyway um so it really was just the case of like okay one of you is going to have to talk first about like okay you can't leave it till like a week before or something ridiculous like that so it really just did just get down to the point of where like okay there's no e3 this year there's no sort of like deadline set or something and then xbox just decided to put their uh cards down first i suppose so um but because there was i know that me and you and other people in the industry had said like okay this is going on too long and it's two two months until the consoles come out you have to talk about them and it's just the case of like it just got too close to to the release so they had they both pretty much had to say something so mm-hmm. um but yeah the the money side of things adds up to me um which i just explained anyway so um but now we know and you can go in if you can find one you can go and pre-order a playstation 5 now they did say i think it was no i think it was september 26th or something for the xboxes to uh to go and pre-order those 23rd 23rd okay so uh have a look at your local retailer or amazon or wh- whoever you're gonna buy from just uh have a look on them so yeah, and just be careful when you do that because a lot of those web pages are timing out, and so a lot of people are either, you know, running into a page that won't load or mm. something like that. So yeah, 
yeah, just uh, try and make sure it works and all that. Uh, let's go on to the PS5 event itself. Um, first of all, what did you think of what they showed? Just, like, in general. Uh, it was alright. It was one of those things that we didn't get a whole lot that we weren't expecting. Um, so, I mean, in terms of games, you know, they all look nice. But, you know, on this generation, they're always going to look nice. Um, the fact that we're getting another Resident Evil game is a, li- a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um but there wasn't really like any kind of shock aha moments. I mean, we saw some Call of Duty, but we knew we were getting that anyway. Uh, the fact that it's the demos coming early on PlayStation was a bit of a head scratcher, but nothing too like, oh my god, it's the end of times or anything like that. Um, I mean, there were some good game reveals. There's some interesting stuff, but it's all stuff that outside of the console exclusives we're going to see on Microsoft's site as well. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought they did a really, really good job. I was surprised by a couple of the announcements. Uh, God of War being there, I mean, we knew a God of War, another God of War game was going to be coming out, but I didn't quite expect to see that here. Uh, the fact that the Harry Potter, Harry Potter game from two, three years ago that was leaked is real. I'm actually quite happy about because I wanted that game to be to be real. Now, I wouldn't consider myself in any way, shape, or, shape or form, really, to be a Harry Potter fan. I just think this game's got a lot of potential. And I think already from the early stuff that they've shown, it uh, it looks quite good. So I'm uh, quite happy about that. Um, one of the things I want to mention, this isn't me boasting or, or anything, but I was right about Silent Hill. Um, I still don't... I don't know why people keep thinking that there's a Silent Hill game in development. Now, I saw this post, I think it was last week or something, uh, of someone saying, you know, people saying, oh, I want to see this and that and whatever. And someone said, oh, the new Silent Hill game. And I said to him, you know, I wasn't trying to have an argument, I was just trying to have a conversation and a debate. And I said, why do you think there's a Silent Hill game in development? And this guy said, I don't remember this guy's name, or whatever. And he said, there's been a, he said to me, there's been a Silent Hill game in development since 2018. I thought, okay, where did you hear that? Like, what makes you, you know, what makes you think that? And then you just didn't respond, so... I don't know. I don't. I just don't know why. I mean, rumors are rumors. You know, there's rumors all over the place. You know, TV, film, games, sports, whatever. Uh, there's always rumors about stuff. But um, and that seems to, to me at least, that seems to be the driving force of this. That just for some reason, people think that there's there's a Silent Hill game in development. I don't know if this is supposed to be a sequel, revival, prequel, reboot, remaster, remake. I don't, I don't know what it's supposed to be. But um, I didn't think it would be here and. I remember when they did, you know, the first PlayStation 5 event when they showed the console. And people back then were saying, like, oh, there's going to be the Silent Hill game in, in here. And then when there wasn't, and I went on the, in, on the internet, you know, a few hours later or the next day, and some people were saying, oh, I'm really, really disappointed that there's no Silent Hill game. Um, so just temper your expectations, I suppose, a little bit. Um, but what, what, what do you think of this situation with Silent Hill? Like, all these rumors and whatever. Yeah, I'm not surprised that we didn't get one. I wasn't expecting one either. Mm. I think part of the reason why people do constantly expect it is because we're constantly getting uh, Resident Evil new games and remakes, and so that just kind of falls into the same category. Uh, The Hogwarts game, I'm like you. I'm not a big fan of the Harry Potter series. I'm kind of old for that. I'm not you know, old in that it's beneath me because of my age. It's just that I'm not really the target age demographic of those books. I have seen... Most of the movies, I think I've missed like half of the last one. Uh, I do like that it takes place long before any of the movies. That way you can still be in the world. Yeah. 
but not be tied down to anything canonically with the the books or the movies or anything like that. So mm-hmm. really it's going to depend on what you can actually do in the game that's going to make me interested in it or not. Um, yeah, there's some good opportunity for some really cool RPG stuff in there, I think, as well. Um, and to me, it's just I'm not really a person that's even into wizards or anything like that. I just think the world of Harry Potter itself is really cool. And I think... I think there's been an opportunity for a long time to make a really good Harry Potter game. Um, so this looks like that's going to be it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So plus you could do some cool stuff with multiplayer or you know customization and there's all sorts of cool things you could do. So it just depends if the game is going to do those things. So um, but uh, yeah, I mean I just just one last thing on the Silent Hill thing. I just think that some people don't realize what Konami is like and they look at they look at Capcom and Resident Evil and they go oh cool you know remaster of 2 remaster of 3 7 came out 8's coming out this is really great um but it's just a fundamentally different company so it just it just doesn't quite work like that so uh Spider-Man was shown again what do you think of the demo of that yeah it looked cool uh i am kind of curious uh, they they did move the game to Brooklyn which um so, files um mileage you know size wise is a much smaller area than manhattan uh, not like super super tiny but it is a reduced amount so i'm curious if that means that you're gonna have less to explore or do or they're just packing more in a smaller area uh graphically it looked great i do uh, like the fact that there's like a digital deluxe edition for the ps5 if you never got around to playing it on the ps4 so you can play both games um i don't know that I'll play it uh, just because I don't know how much of a game expansion it is. Um, how much of a game it is is going to really de- determine whether I get that game or not. I did play and beat the story of the Spider-Man game. I haven't played any of the DLC yet. I need to get around to do that at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a good character. Uh, he's uh, he showed up well. He you know his introduction into the game made it wasn't just like. Hello, I'm here. You know, they really let into that. Yeah. Um, I just don't hope they don't do any of the more of those, uh, you know, slow ass stealth trailer things that they did with uh, Miles and Mary Jane in the first game because that just really drug it down. Okay, fair enough. Um, I thought it looked great. I think that there's some interesting gameplay stuff going on here. Um, see, I look at a gameplay thing like this and I think, okay, this probably isn't at the start. This is probably somewhere. Not towards the end, but past the halfway point, maybe of the game, because um, you've got to kind of look at like what you know, what upgrades as the, as the player got, and what have they got access to, and how like good is Miles at fighting and stuff. And you know, as you're going through a game like that, you'll unlock more stuff. So I don't know. I was trying to sort of guess at one po- what point in the game that would be, but uh, I think it looks great. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and play it and stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be another great chapter of the Spider-Man franchise that they're building here so that that looks good um one kind of not really a side note i kind of was interested if because we haven't seen the the ui yet for the playstation we've seen what it looks like for the xbox it looks exactly the same because it's basically the same you know format and, and whatever um i kind of wanted them to open up like uh you know you do the little logo intro thing that they were doing you cut to maybe the playstation button and you know it what you know when it says please press the PS button or whatever, it would maybe show someone pressing that, well, not show someone pressing it, but like a screen screen capture kind of thing of that, logging in, having a quick little sort of browse through the the 
um, UI sort of stuff for it, and then maybe like loading up a game, and then because that's one thing you could have maybe done is let's say you take like the Spider-Man demo that you've got, and let's say that's a sort of suspended play session. You could you could literally go from logging into the PlayStation, um, and then opening up Spider-Man Miles Morales, and then you could have shown that gameplay demo. I just wonder when we're gonna see the UI and stuff because it's probably gonna be at least a little bit different, and I'm just kind of curious about that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, and they haven't really showed anything like that, and that's one of the things they've really lagged behind is their store mm. in terms of like look and uh, functionality. It's always been not the greatest design or function in the whole thing. So yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll see the UI a bit later. Um, Final Fantasy 16 console exclusive was shown off. Um, this is probably some of the most interested I've been in Final Fantasy. It just looked kind of cool. It looked a little bit different enough to where it didn't look too much like it looked a li- like it looked like Final Fantasy itself, but it looked a little bit different and like a sort of fresher take in a way on the on the on the genre. Not that I really know Final Fantasy much at all. I played some of the Seven remake. I played some of Fifteen. I've seen some of the other games, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, what do you think of that uh, Final Fantasy 16? Yeah, I mean, I I beat the original Final Fantasy, but I haven't really been involved in that series at all. I mean, I played a bit of 7, it never really clicked with me. I played a bit of 10, couldn't care less. Um, you know, just because the, the art style and the aesthetics have gone in a direction that I just don't find appealing, but that's specifically me. Uh, but, you know, if people like it and, you know, people play it more and they like really, really into it. That's, you know, again, more of a good thing that you like is never a bad thing. So cool. Um, yeah, I thought the combat looked kind of interesting. The the bits and pieces that we saw of that um, and it, it looked like it was a good game. So we shall see. Uh, we already talked about Harry Potter game, which has got the 2021 date sort of slapped onto it. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which was shown off. Now, I want to tie this into an email that we've got. Josh says, uh, now that Black Ops alpha footage has been shown and campaign footage, what are Matt's thoughts? Because there was an alpha thing that was going around, I think it was last week, and uh, some people got sent a code and everything. I watched um, Hollow's video on it. Uh, the one really weird thing immediately that I noticed is that the, the enemies had health bars. Now, that might be just because it's an alpha. That would be a very weird thing for call of duty to do i don't think i don't i haven't played every single call of duty game there's about two or three that i didn't play um which was ghosts world war 2 and i think black ops 4 i didn't play i can't remember i think it was at least ghosts in world war 2 that i didn't play um yeah i don't recall call of duty ever having health bars in the in the multiplayer um in the campaign they might have at some point i've not played all the campaigns but yeah that's that's something that looked kind of strange um first of all um i don't mind the black the cold war black ops sort of setting the black ops series has been good uh i just think that modern warfare is is a lot lot better um it's still you know boots on the ground which is what i want i don't want any sort of jetpack stuff that they did in infinite warfare and advanced warfare because i don't think that's call of duty i think that's more leaning towards like Titanfall and stuff which really isn't what Call of Duty is about so to me as long as it's still you know grounded warfare and it's fairly realistic I know Call of Duty is a bit arcadey but just just boots on the ground realistic in some way shape or form not this sort of crazy sci-fi stuff they tried to do before 
Um, campaign itself looked looked good. It looked fun. It looked energetic and entertaining from the uh, the little snippet of gameplay that we saw. I thought it looked looked fairly good. Um, so uh, yeah, overall, I'm kind of interested. I had a little conversation actually with someone because I was playing a bit of the game today, and uh, someone said to me, "Oh, Matt, are you gonna get?" Uh, Black Ops Cold War, and I was like, I don't know, what are you, what are you all going to do, because I was with a full team, and every, every single person at the moment I've spoken to has been a bit like, oh, it looks alright, we might jump over, we might stay on this game, no one seems to really be sure of what they're doing at the moment, and uh, I sort of said to the person that asked me, I said, like, the last thing I want to do is be playing two different Call of Duty games with different sets of players and try to get used to, you know, Cold War and then Modern Warfare and different guns and whatever. It's just going to be a bit too all over the place. Plus, if if I do move over to playing um, Black Ops Cold War, I'm going to make sure that I get it on PS5. And I don't want to be playing, you know, someone messages me and say, hey, Matt, do you want to play Black Ops Cold War? And I boot up the PS5. And then, like, the next day, someone says, oh, do you want to play Modern Warfare? And I switch over to that on PS4. It's just, it it's potentially going to be an awkward transition. But, you know, the game's not out tomorrow. So, um, yeah. we'll, we'll see how things go. And that's part of the advantage that Microsoft has with their cross-platform and cross-generational capabilities. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. But, again, it bears mentioning and repeating because that is a factor with some people's, like, well, do I want to buy the console now? You know, assuming mm-hmm. it's in stock, and you know, but so many people that I play with don't have that money to spend right now, so maybe, maybe not. Uh, whereas the Xbox, they'll just like, oh, I can, I can get it, and doesn't matter, you know, where my friends are playing, I can still play with them. That's that at least initially, like the first three to six months, that's going to be a huge factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just transitioning between the PS4 and PS5. It's okay. Who, what game do I want to play, and who's gonna be playing the game, and and whatever? Because I don't just play with like five people. I play with like quite a few different people. So, it. I just hope that the players I play with don't split off into two different games. <laughs> so, because I still want to mm. play. I still. I just want to play Call of Duty with with my friends. So it's just going to be the case that some people are gonna like Cold War, some people aren't. Some people are gonna want to stick with Modern Warfare. So. I don't know what's going on, but we'll uh, we'll figure that out at the time, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, speaking of huge, I'm on the PlayStation blog, and physically, this thing is massive. It is a Chonkosaurus Rex, and these are the dimensions that are listed on their site. It is 39 centimeters, not counting the largest projections or the base. So if you stand it upright, that's almost half a meter tall. And it's almost five kilograms in weight. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, are they going to deliver this thing on a forklift? Are we going to need like uh, bodybuilders to carry it in the apartment? I mean, granted, you know, I'm a pretty big guy and I'm a physically, you know, fit kind of a person. But even that, that's like, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a side note: I might be a small, not skinny, but you know, thin kind of person or whatever. You'd be surprised at what I can lift. <laughs> But um, oh yeah. yeah, I mean you know it's not like it's not like they're asking you to, to lift you know you know twenty tons you know in a strongman competition or something like that. But for a console that's always prided itself outside of the PS3 again of being you know the small, compact, tight fit, lightweight kind of a thing, it's a beast physically. Hmm. And here I thought those 
pictures that came out of like the early production runs where somebody was holding it and it was just like this giant thing that it took two hands to hold. I honestly thought that was just Photoshop and looks like it probably isn't. Yep. Yep. So let's try and make space for that. Um, I got to figure that out as well because there's some games I still want to play on my PS3, some on my PS4, and then there's the PS5. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the we, dimensions for the disc version. Yeah, the dimensions for the disc version are 39 by 10.5 by 26, and not having the disc drive saves you almost nothing. The dimensions are 39 times uh, 9.2 times 26. Hmm. So it's the you know then not having a disc drive obviously is a lot. That's uh, 170 centimeters difference. Hmm. I mean, so I'm sorry, 170 millimeters, 17 centimeters. I'm doing the conversion in my head. It lists it in millimeters. Which I don't get, but because I can, you know, centimeters, it's people are much more relative to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously taking out that CD drive does save a lot of space in one dimension. The other two are the same size. So it's, uh, you're going to have to do a lot of measuring. Get out the tape measure, get out the uh, Amazon, look for, uh, I'm sure there's like already entertainment consoles that are like advertising as will fit your PS5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, but to just answer cleanly the question about Call of Duty, um, if all my friends move over to Cold War, I'm happy to do that because I'm happy to play this game. But I don't know what else is going on, so we'll see. But for now, I'm going to be playing Modern Warfare because it's the current game. So um, they then ended. They had a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they showed a bit more of Deathloop, which, to be honest, I don't have any interest in really. Um, they showed uh, just some more of some other games. I didn't really write them down particularly. Um, was there any was there any in between that and uh, God of War that interested you? Uh, Deathloop looked interesting. Uh, Devil May Cry, not you know, not really. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna play uh, that. So. Odd World. I haven't played that game since the original launch Xbox, so I'm not really kind of in that genre. Right now, so I haven't followed oh, yeah, it. They showed that, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. That looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to play that. Uh, especially with what they said about um, uh, that this is more in line with the original vision that they had for the game, which they basically ran out of time to do because they weren't independent and everything, which they are now, so they can do the sort of bigger um, bigger picture version of, of what, what they wanted to do. So, um, yeah, every time I see the game, it looks impressive. And uh, I just wish we would get... Because uh, Lauren Lanning or whatever whatever his name is, um, I think he said 2021 before, but who knows? It could be 2022. Um, but I would like some estimate as to when I can play it, just because I'm uh, excited for it. So, um, but yeah, as someone who played the Aid games in the past and that, um, I'm really looking forward to like a modern, a modern new sort of fresh version of uh, of these games, and hopefully we get even more after that. Who knows? So. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, they finished off with God of War. Uh, what did you think of the surprise reveal of that? It was cool looking. I mean, it was a cool looking, uh, graphic okay. that they showed. Yeah. We didn't get any <laughs> gameplay or anything. Um, minor spoiler ish. If you still want to play the game and haven't played the game yet, skip forward 60 seconds. Um, at the end of the game, uh, Thor shows up. So that was, you know, that was a thing that they were kind of teasing the next game. So I'm not surprised that it's called Ragnarok. Um, you know, I'm not holding my breath that it's supposed to come out in 2021, just because yeah. those games yeah. those games never meet their date, 
under normal circumstances and we're still so far from normal circumstances yeah yeah no i think it's a 2022 game so um i think what would be smart actually is have miles morales as the holiday game which it looks like it's going to be have horizon and ratchet next year and then the year after have god of war and something else uh i think Mm -hmm. for, for 2022 so, because uh, I think going forward, for both from Xbox and from PlayStation, we're gonna get what two or three exclusives a year. Um, like even if it's some smaller titles like a Ratchet game or something, and then you get like you know Horizon and God of War and whatever. So, and then we'll see what happens in twenty twenty two when that uh, comes around eventually. So, I mean, we still got the actual Spider Man two like sequel game to to be released as well so maybe that will be 2022 i don't know so uh yeah it was, it was a surprise to me i thought the reveal was really good you sort of hear his voice and he's like oh are you ready and all that and then you got the logo ragnarok is coming um i thought that was great thought it was a great way to end the show so um yeah that's the they said that this is the last time we're gonna hear i think in a big way about playstation 5 like like we said we'd like to still see the the ui at some point at least we know the price and the actual date of when these things are coming out so that you can actually prepare for all that so um that is everything from that so should we move on to the next thing Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so next piece of information I've got is something a little bit small, but I thought I'd add it in here. Uh, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars game, which is going to expire digitally in March, which we talked about last week, um, is uh, all of the games are emulated. Now, I know this because I was scrolling through Twitter, like we do because I'm a human being, and uh, someone was showing that they were playing the 3D All-Stars game. And they recognised that it was emulated from the uh, GameCube versions. And then someone said, well, if these games are emulated, what is actually stopping Nintendo from just doing... Um, what was it called? It, it, the uh, I can't remember the, the exact name of it, but where you could have like the GameCube stuff emulated. There was a particular word for it. I've completely forgotten what, it, what it's called, though. Um, but yeah, to where you could have like a GameCube app or something, and you could emulate those games and that sort of thing. Um, someone said, like, okay, why hasn't Nintendo just sort of done that? Which is uh, an interesting question. Uh, I haven't played the games myself yet, because I'm obviously waiting for them to get sent or whatever. Um, but what do you think of that situation? Yeah, the only word I can come up with is emulator as well. I, I don't know of any other term. Um, as for them doing that, that doesn't really shock me that much. They've never really been great with backwards compatibility for any other mm. stuff. Yeah. The fact that they're doing it at all is kind of amazing. Um, it still makes no sense whatsoever that they're expiring those emulated games that you have to pay for to rent, basically. Uh, Nintendo just does some weird stuff, but they kind of stay in their lanes. So, you know, people are yeah. paying money for yeah. it. That's, that's on them. That ain't on me. Because they're not really competing or trying to compete with Xbox or PlayStation. They're just kind of doing their own thing, which has been the case for years anyway. They kind of just make their own, you know, first-party games, Mario, Zelda, all that sort of thing. And then when they can get a third-party game on the system, they just tend to to go along with that. So, um, yeah, I can't think of virtual console or something. I think that's what the term was, virtual console. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't think of it. Of you know, if you could put the uh, Wii games on there or GameCube games or yeah, I mean, I, I that is their term for it, but it's literally just an emulator. So yeah, 
yeah but uh, that's the situation with that uh before we talk about the ubisoft event thing which i feel like everyone's actually forgotten happened because uh you remember when you messaged me on skype uh a few minutes before i got on the call to you um i looked at my notes and realized i hadn't written anything about the ubisoft forward and then it just sort of sprung to mind that because i remembered the uh prince of persia remaster that they announced because I, ha- I was having a look in the uh playstation store but uh, one thing that was announced outside of that is not a splinter cell game that you would want necessarily uh but it is a splinter cell vr game in development for oculus which is tied into the facebook gaming thing that's well facebook owns oculus so Yeah, yeah yeah that's it um so yeah it's another situation of Fair enough, it is a Splinter Cell game, and who knows, maybe it might be alright. Splinter Cell in VR doesn't sound like a terrible idea. It's better than putting him in the next mobile game or whatever. Um, I'm telling you, he's going to get an audiobook before uh, before we get a Splinter Cell game. So, And I would listen to it, you know, uh, uh, Michael Ironside reading something. I mean, he'd you know, be that... good at that, yeah. 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 It's just, it would be another way of having Splinter Cell in something that isn't a console game. So, because he's getting a Netflix series, he's got a VR game, he's in a mobile game. Um, so, yeah, but uh, that's in development as well. I didn't see anything of what it looked like or anything. So, uh, it's so... Uh, the image they got up on the screen for the website that I'm on that has the uh, recap for it. It's very uh, cell shaded comic book looky. Okay. All right. I might have to have a look at that because I didn't see any images or anything for it. So. Uh, speaking of the Ubisoft event thing, what did you think overall? It was okay. I mean, we got more of Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I don't care about, but I'm sure some people do. I think that looks really... I think that's going to be... I, I do mean this in a bad way. A Ubisoft version of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, as long as it doesn't turn into an Ubisoft version of Smite. Hmm. Know. I get a lot of Breath of the Wild vibes from that. Yeah. Even like the, the climbing animation and everything that's going on. But uh, I'm interested. I'm very interested to play it. It's just. I, I don't know. I'm, as I've kind of said within the last month or so, I've kind of, I'm losing faith a little bit in Ubisoft. Because uh, I remember a couple of years ago when I was sort of looking around and uh, everyone was saying, like, oh, Ubisoft's doing this and that wrong. And I was praising them for like changing Assassin's Creed up a bit and doing some other stuff but uh i've slowly started to realize what everyone was sort of talking about so um i don't know they, they've still got franchises that i'm interested in far cry watchdog assassin's creed splinter cell if they ever do anything with it again um they've still got the rabbits games i'd love to see a, like a sequel to that or something so they, they've still got a lot of properties that i care about it's just they just haven't their, their quality of games has just really dipped over the last couple of years so um, but, uh, so I did write No Splinter Cell again, obviously that, that, that happened as well. Um, Watch Dogs Legion, they showed a bit more off of that, I'm still quite interested in it. I think they gave an October date from that, I can't quite remember, but, uh, they did give a date from that. Um, any new thoughts on, uh, Watch Dogs Legion? Yeah, I'm still kind of confused with it as to how they're going to maintain a cohesive story Yeah, when you can literally yeah. just drag and drop any character that you want into and out of the game. And again, if they've got like some character that's an overarching thing to where uh, um, you, know, you learn more about it and uh, you know you, you get that, that's you know, perfect, you know, fine. Mm. But they, they haven't sold that to me as that function yet, so... Yeah, 
I kind of feel a little bit like I know that you're not really familiar with with Call of Duty and stuff. There's been certain Call of Duty campaigns where you'll have like arguably the main character with you, and you'll be playing as someone who's either literally almost nameless with a name that you don't remember, or a actual nameless soldier. And um, I think I remember in I can't remember which Call of Duty campaign, but one of the characters that you're playing as, who again doesn't he doesn't actually have a name, he does get killed. And, um, the characters that you were with who had names and, you know, you know, they were notable characters. They turned out to be, like, the villains and whatever. And that was a way for them to kind of drag, kill off who you were playing as, who was, like, a little, you know, a nameless soldier. And then they carried the villains from that into the, like, second part of the game. And then you played as, like, a someone with a name and everything. I wonder if you could do it to where the, the, the... person who's maybe communicating with you is the actual quote-unquote main character and you're just kind of playing as like the red shirts of this operation now you are maybe playing like i don't know mike the builder or whatever um or john who's a office worker or something and then he gets killed and that doesn't really mean anything so i think what they could potentially do is once you actually start progressing through the story and yes you do lose characters and that maybe there is just cut scenes that are more in your base or something, and the, the main characters are there instead. But uh, yeah, they, they've got a bit of a challenge on their hands as to how that's actually going to work long term. Um, so I don't know because the, the Call of Duty character that I mentioned, you're playing as him for the first couple of hours, and then the story just completely moves on from him. Um, so I don't know how you'd maybe do that in well, like a ten, twenty hour Watch Dogs game, thirty hour maybe depends how long it is. Um, we'll see how they can kind of keep that up, but I, I think it's maybe going to be a case where the character who's actually talking to you and giving you instructions is more of the the narrative thread as opposed to who you're playing as, who could get killed, and that's it. So we shall see. Uh, Prince of Persia remaster. What do you think of that? Uh, I was never a big fan of that game, but it's you know just bringing something back of an interest that I'm sure some people have. So. Mm. You know, again, more power to them. Yeah. Um, I do really like the original Prince Persian trilogy. I, I kind of enjoyed the little reboot that they did, which never got a sequel. Um, but the original actual Prince of Persia trilogy that they did with the Sands of Time and all that sort of thing uh, was actually really, really good. And it had a really good ending, from what I remember, like a conclusive kind of ending. Um, so I don't think this... Again, this is, again, another situation... Where it doesn't look very good, I don't particularly mind because I'm. What I'm kind of more interested in is because some of the combat. If you if you go back and play the PS2 version of the original games now, the combat will probably feel a little bit dated. So I'm interested interested to see, you know, you're remastering or remaking or whatever that this game. How can you take? Because the combat had some cool ideas and some cool kind of Assassin's Creed esque type of stuff from it. How can you sort of take that gameplay and sort of modernize it and uh, do some maybe some new and some interesting stuff with it? So uh, I'm interested in it. It doesn't look very good. I will acknowledge that, but uh, they could do some very interesting stuff with the combat and with the time stuff in the game. So we shall see. Uh, but that's everything I've got written down. That was almost an hour of just my stuff. Um, what do you have to talk about this week? Well, staying with the uh, Ubisoft event, the one thing that I was mildly interested in is that they're bringing back uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm. Now, you probably don't remember this game because it came out on the 360 and PS3 back in 2010. 
Um, but it was delisted in 2014, and they never really gave a reason why. I'm sure it has something to do with the licensing, uh, because they did license it based off the comic book and not the uh, movie. And obviously the comic book wasn't finished when the game came out, so there's probably some things with it. Uh-huh. Um, this is a new version. It's called uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game Complete Edition. So it's uh, new playable characters, and I bought it back in the day, and it was a really fun, you know, 2.5D pixelated kind of a beat-em-up game. Uh, you know, it had a very goofy art style. It had a very uh, interesting aesthetic to it, so... Uh, you know, you know, I'm depending on the price, I might get it. I might not. It's, you know, one of those things that it kind of falls into a weird random category, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um my interest in the game is a little bit low. Um this is a film I feel like I should have seen by now. I mean, it's, you know, a, a video game type of type of thing and all that and uh a lot of people have praised it over the years. I think it's on Netflix in the UK. It's probably on some streaming Yeah. Service. Because it's on Netflix here yeah. in the States as well. Yeah, because there's 15 different streaming services. Um, but it's it's a film I need to go and actually watch and see how I feel about that as well. And then may, maybe I'll then gain a little bit more interest in the game. I just have no like attachment or experience with the series because I've never yeah. actually seen the film. So, um, But uh, if it works out great, then, then that's good. So, Especially as people yeah. seemed really excited about this. And like you said, it got delisted and everything. And it's been 10 years. So... Yeah, script-wise, the movie wasn't half bad. It's just the Scott Pilgrim character's not a likable character. You're kind of forced into liking him because everybody else is worth, worse. Okay. But there's a ton of people in it. Uh, Chris Evans is in it. Brandon Routh is in it. Um, just so many people that you can list off are in it. Are And they're funny, too. It's very well written. It's a hilarious script. Um, but again, the main Scott Pilgrim character is kind of a tool. So, hmm. okay. Uh, what else you got? Honestly, that's all I had. I mean, I've been scouring, but the Sony event and the Ubisoft event took up so much stuff. There wasn't really anything of interest that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about the big next-gen consoles and Ubisoft. So, uh, I think that's good to leave it on that for the news. We do have one more email to talk about today. Uh, it's from Andy. By the way, if you want to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Or video game plans. Tell us what do you uh, plan to do with the new consoles. If you are in the same boat as me with Call of Duty. And don't know what the hell to do. Because you might be in between two different games. Or two different consoles or whatever. Um, let us know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Or maybe you have concerns as well. About video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter e Talk UK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Andy uh, says, so now that we know all the important details about these consoles, what are your plans? I'm going for a PS5 and Series S, sorry, and later go for a Series S. So, um, have your plans changed at all? I think I remember roughly what you said last time. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, I don't see myself getting a PS5 at launch. I just, I don't really play that console enough to really justify it. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus... I mean, we've talked about a, like a couple months ago about how they were lowering the number of consoles that were going to be available within the first three to six months. Not so much available, just like their projected sales. And I think it was something like 15 million, mm. which 15 million sounds like a lot, but when you're launching a new console, that's that's nothing, especially over 16 over six months. I mean, if it was 15 million first week, and yeah, absolute huge blockbuster. But if you're doing that many. 
over six months, over a Black Friday, over a holiday, you know, Christmas, New Year's, whatever, those are really no low, low numbers. So you must not think that you're going to be able to get the consoles out. Mm. Um, yeah. As for the X, I'll probably wind up getting it at some point and then just turn the One uh, S that I have now into like a, a Blu-ray player, maybe get a second TV in my bedroom and have that little setup so I can, you know, watch stuff, stream stuff in my room and not be on my couch. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy it day one or not. That really kind of depends on my money situation within the week of it. Right. I'm like 65-ish percent probably going to get it in the first week, but that's that's about high mark right now unless something else changes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to somewhat try to get a PS5 not necessarily on launch day but near launch day um and then what i'm gonna do is when my xbox one which i can't i I still have (laughs) i still got my original xbox one which i've had for five years um i think i got it i think in january 2014 because the consoles came out november 2013 both of them i'm pretty sure i got my xbox one in January 2014, and I think two or three years later, in the summer of 2016 or 17, I got my PS4 um, because they started to come out with those of exclusives, and I wanted in on that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm yeah planning to jump you know from my PS4 to my PS5 and uh, sort out the game situation later, I suppose. Um, I'm gonna plan at some point to get an Xbox One S. Now it's it's gonna depend, you know, production wise, if they maybe they discount this the this, the One S eventually and just have the One X Series S and Series X. Maybe it depends. Well, um, they've already said that they're going. They've stopped production on the One S all digital and the One X. So it's pretty much gonna be. The three consoles, the Series X, the Series S, and the One S. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, unless you need a disk drive for whatever reason, the Series S, in terms of like graphical quality, yeah. is going to be a better version. Mm. Yeah. I, but, I'd you know, still they, like you might have a disk drive. So. Yeah, and you might find a, a One S like super crazy cheap. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's my plans. Either when I go to get another Xbox, um, I'm going to get either a One s or one x um because I, w- I was thinking at the time you know that the 250 pound um series s is quite appealing but do i need that at the moment i could just maybe go for a a one s or a one x because i don't use my xbox all that much i use it basically for you know netflix and all the st- all the streaming stuff i use it for fifa and uh the, the tv slot as well by the i don't know because I still, you know, the um, HDMI in slot on the Xbox One, I still use that with my my Freeview box. Do they still have that on the One S and One X? Because I would like to still have that because I use it almost every day. <laughs> if you give me like half a second, I can look at mine and tell you. Okay. Um. So otherwise, it's going to be a case of um, switching the HDMI ports out or something. So. Um. But uh, yeah, while Robert goes to check that, um, let us know what you plan to do when these consoles come out. What's uh, you know, is your budget going to be um, good for the consoles and everything? What are you planning to do in terms of the games? What are you planning to buy? Um, let us know all those things as well. Um, feels to me like a lot of people are aiming for using the Xbox 
um, as like a Game Pass third party kind of machine, and then maybe going for the uh, the PlayStation side of things for exclusives as well. So, um, yes, it does have an in. Uh, which one is that? The the one S that I have does have an HDMI in. Okay, cool. Because I I still because I still use you know the One Guide app and everything. Because mm-hmm. um, it's basically I just turn on the the free view box and then I click on the One Guide thing and I can just watch TV through my console. So that's that's good to know that's still there because I still very much use that. I know a lot of people probably don't, um, but because uh, I'm kind of limited a little bit on my HDMI slots and that for my TV. Um, and I have, you know, Switch, PlayStation, Freebiebox, Xbox, <laughs> and a bunch of stuff. So, uh, I just have, I don't as, have as many options as other people. So, yeah, let's not forget the one big advantage that Microsoft has over Nintendo is the pricing plan. Because with the, the Series S and the Series X, you can get them at either $25 or $35 a month, which makes them way more affordable. You also get Gold Ultimate with that price, and it's basically a 0% APR uh, rent-to-own, which I am in love with the concept of because there, I don't know about it in the UK, but there are rent-to-own places here in the States, and it's basically legalized theft. I mean, if you actually take some of those rent-to-own flyers and do the math out, you're paying about... 175 to 215% of the actual retail price for the item just to pay it off, pay month by month by month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like stupid expensive. Yeah. But they're yeah. doing it like, yeah, this is this is this price plus this price divided by this many months and that's what you pay. Almost no interest. I think there's like like maybe like an extra month, like an extra one month of payment is that that they're doing. Uh, but it gives you, it gives especially people that, you know, don't have a lot of money right now, but can afford, you know, a monthly payment. It gives them the option to upgrade when they might not have otherwise been able to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you have, how do you have your like entertainment stuff set up? Cause you've got like a cable box or whatever, haven't you? For TV. Yeah. The, the way that it works now is that it, my internet comes into my internet box and the internet, the internet from that box goes to, uh, my Wi-Fi router and then I run two hard lines, one to my PS4, one to my Xbox, and the third line, uh, third hard line I run to my PC. Uh, my PC, which I'm talking on to you right now, what we PowerCast on, is in a separate room. Um, the PlayStation and the Xbox are both next to the TV. The PlayStation's on a little horizontal counter, um, and the PlayStation is on uh, a vertical windowsill next to the uh um, the TV, just because that's aesthetically how it fits up, and then the cables I try to hide behind other pieces of furniture as best I can, so it doesn't doesn't look like a a tangled mess of octopus limbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of spacing wise, I mean, I am going to have to put if I do get a Series X, I am going to have to put that up on the sill, um, and then probably just reposition my PlayStation Four. But I'm always worried about that because. The PlayStation 4 does have, you know, those airflow issues, and I don't know if you've ever seen any of those uh, disassembly videos where people take them apart to clean them. That's not a really great airflow design. Those things get dirty and cut with dirt and, you know, dust and everything really quick. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. Someone was making a joke about, um, you know, because a lot of people's PlayStation 4s are really loud. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mine just isn't. Uh, I think mine's maybe like a bit newer or something. And someone said, like, oh, I'd love to play all these PS4 and PS5 games, but my PlayStation's going to take off and fly out the window. 
So, yeah, and yeah. what that is is that the intake for the fans is kind of clogged, so the system pushes it faster yeah. to get that same amount of airflow. And again, just just hop on YouTube and look at some any any random PS4, you know, how to take apart and clean video, and they'll all be like dirty, nasty. And I'm I'm used to that because I've taken apart electronics, you know, a long time, and I've seen I've seen some horror stories taking things apart on how dirty they are, because mm. dust is everywhere, and it gets in, and dust is uh, attracted to electricity. That's why it's always on electronics. Is the static electricity just just sucks up the dust? Yeah, yeah. Um, I asked my uh, sister this the other day because she's got a PS4. You know the um, because you've got a normal PS4, haven't you? Like an original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like the um, power lead, the one that, that on the end that goes into your PS4, is a little loose? Or have you, or have you not? Uh, like, it is, or? but I never move it unless I absolutely have to, so it's not really an issue. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed mine is is a little bit loose because sometimes I go to um, like if I'm trying to reposition my PlayStation camera or or do, or do something at the back of the PS4, and then sometimes I have accidentally knocked out the power lead and I get the like danger message or whatever, whatever you want to call that, mm-hmm. uh, when you boot up your PS4 again. So, um, so do you do you have your you know your like I don't know what you call it over there, the cable box that you watch TV on? Do you have that in the back of your One X? Uh no, I don't. Um it's a little different here in the states. I don't technically have cable. All the channels that I watch that are local channels are broadcast. Um so I just have an aerial antenna, which I know you don't even know what that is, but it's uh, back in the olden times and you know in the long long ago, you actually had to have antennas to pick up TV signals. And I do that for the local signals and anything that's on a network that has an app on the xbox i just download the app and stream it on demand so mm-hmm. no I, ha- I have an aerial in my uh freeview box that's how it picks up the signal so yeah. yeah that was more of a joke because over here in the states you know if you're under the age of 30 you i've i've literally known people that didn't know that tvs had aerial antennas and you could pick up channels without needing cable hmm. okay um yeah my uh, wire situation is a little bit of a mess as well because I've got like the PlayStation camera, I've got the uh, the actual aerial thing as well, which has a lead, and th- there's a lot of wires that I've got pretty close together. Not in like a dangerous way. I've made sure it's like clear and stuff, but I just have a lot of wires. So, well, as long as you buy high enough quality cables to where they don't bleed the signal into each other, that it doesn't matter with cables because yeah, you're not yeah. really going to have an issue. Yeah. So, uh, but that was an interesting little side conversation. Um. Yeah, already read out Josh's email about uh, the Call of Duty stuff. Um, so yeah, going to stick with my Xbox One and my PS4 and then get a PS5 eventually and then get a One S or One X at some point in the future. So um, that is the show for today. But uh, again, let us know what you thought of the PlayStation 5 event and everything else that we've already mentioned as well. Uh, that's the end of the show so you can find everything else that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org look out uh, tomorrow as well for another episode of The Boys which will already be season 2 episode 5 there's 4 episodes after the season which is crazy already so uh, look out for that tomorrow and obviously more podcasts next week as well um, and also there's something else that we're doing tomorrow so have a look out for that uh, but in the meantime like I said find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org uh, if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, we do have a Patreon thing as well, so you can have a look at that, the $1 and $3 level tiers for review, ad-free, instant, ad-free and instant podcast as well, 
Uh, so have a look out for those. Uh, Amazon affiliate link. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, maybe you're buying a PS4 or a Series X or S or whatever, whatever letter of Xbox that you're getting, or PS4 or PS5 or a Switch or something else that you're getting. Uh, you can support us through that as well through Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds. Please have a look at those. Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, by the way, just a little side note of housekeeping as well. I did update the iTunes feeds page to include Breaking Bad and uh, the Boys podcast and I've updated the schedule which is on the information um, post as well. I updated the on-air and off-air TV podcast as well for the next couple of months so check all that out as well on the website entertainmenttalk.org. Word of mouth you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. iTunes of course search for Entertainment Talk on there and get yourself subscribed and rate review if you'd like to that would really really help us out. Uh, Word of mouth like I said you can tell people that you know about the website the iTunes feeds if they want to listen to any of our podcasts and stuff. Uh, Social media Facebook and Twitter um, you can obviously share them on, on social media and stuff, and if you can, in different Facebook groups. Other people's content, David is uh, on Geek Town as well, of course, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio for your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news, and Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays, either on iTunes or on geektown.co.uk, so have a look out for those. Bex is still streaming daily and doing some interesting things over on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bytes, that's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, so Trista... B-Y-T-E-S, go and have a look out for that, subscribe to her, follow her on there. Um, Let's Play Sundays are back, have a look out for the Avengers Let's Plays if you want to see me do that as well. And also look out in the future as well, of course, for the three Crash Bandicoot 4 Let's Plays as well. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.